this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us and if we know that he hears us we know that we have the petitions we have desired of him we were teaching and discussing about the rule of confession praise the lord jesus hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession christ jesus who was faithful to him that appointed him as also moses was faithful in all his house hallelujah jesus is the high priest this word translated profession here is homologia and it means it's also now from homologio it means to agree to confess or to say the same thing or say the same a confession profession recognition jesus is the high priest of our confession hallelujah We've said that you shouldn't just build doctrine out of one scripture because the Bible says at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word, what? Be established. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our homologia. All right? It also means our, it says there what is translated profession, is also let us hold fast our confession. In our day, if you say profession, they think you're talking about whether you're a physician or you're a mathematician or you are an aerophysicist or you are an ophthalmologist or whatever. That's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about your occupation. He's talking about confession. Hallelujah. What you prophesy, what you speak out of your mouth. Hallelujah. He's the high priest of that. He's the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Our speaking of the same thing. The same thing with who? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Um, in the book of Ephesians, it says to us that we should imitate God as their children. Hallelujah. We should do what? We should imitate the Lord. Hallelujah. As their children. He also says to us that we should, he said, be ye therefore followers of God as their children. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling savour. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, the things that we speak, we've discussed that before, must line up with the testament, with the will of the testator, which is Jesus Christ. It is what Jesus worked for us that we can talk about. Do you understand? You do not inherit your neighbor's dead relative's property. 
you inherit the property of, your, of, of the wheel in which you were named, except your neighbor loved you so much that he left something for you in the wheel. Jesus died and paid, he, paid a, he had an intention. He's the heir of all things and God gave all things to him and then he wrote a wheel and said, in my passing, let all the things I have fought for that belongs to me be handed over to whosoever believes that I am a son, that I'm the son of God and that God raised me from the dead. That person will receive all of these things. Whosoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. That was the wheel. And so he died, praise the Lord. And God said, but because he had no sin of his own, in the justice system of the world, the just and righteous thing for God to do was to raise him from the dead because he was not a criminal. Because God is a good God. God is the goodest God. He's the best. There is none like him. Hallelujah. So he can't have Jesus being the ground and he is God. He said, no, that would mean that he was better than me. And so God raised him. <laughs> that was the easiest thing to do. <laughs> he raised him. He said, yes, you died for it. You are an innocent man, condemned for the guilty. And not because they, were, they liked you. You did it not knowing whether they will accept what you have done or not. That's what Jesus did. That's why it's called ultimate love. That a man should give his life for his friends. In fact, he died for people who were not his friends. Including people who are cursing him right now and saying all kinds of things. Jesus died for everybody. Hallelujah. And left an inheritance for him. For all of us. That inheritance is what God says we should hold on to. Hold on to the inheritance. Hold on to the speaking of the inheritance. Hold on to operating according to the inheritance. Don't say things that are contrary to what I have done. Another thing that Jesus is, is our advocate. In case you did not know what an advocate is, is someone who speaks on your behalf in a law, in a court of law, or, adv or how, how do I call it now? He advocates on your behalf. He speaks for you in a court of law. He speaks in such a way as to set you free. He's a professional in his field. He knows the law. Now, how stupid would it be if you went to court and your lawyer says to you, when we get there, you committed the offense, but there is a new law that says you should not be in jail. That in fact, the government should give you $100,000 for committing that, that crime. Because when you committed the crime, they put some things on the way that they shouldn't have put in there. And when you get there, when they say, are you guilty? Say not guilty. Then you get there and say, you know, it's not good to, to, to say anything that's contrary to what they're saying. You know, the, the, the judge asks you, are you guilty? 
Then you say, mm, I'm guilty, but I have a reason. <laughs> they will throw you in jail. Did you hear what I said? When you get to court, hold on to the profession of what you were told. When you are sick, hallelujah, hold on to the profession of what you were told. Because your high priest is in heaven speaking the same things in the realm where the controls are. Do you want to live? Say what God said. If you want to die, say what the devil says. The Bible says to us, death and life are in the power of the tongue. God, it's not that God couldn't have taken it away from there. He took it and put it there. And so he says to us, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For though that he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And then you say, I'm a poor man. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with the things that you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now, when he says here, be content with such things. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. What is covetousness? Without greed. Without love. Don't be a lover of money. Money is a tool. We're not supposed to love money. Money is a tool. God wants his children to have money. He doesn't want money to have his children. Money cannot be your idol. Money is a tool. Anything you own in this world is a tool. It's setting we brought nothing in. We will take nothing out. So the best you can do with it is to do business for the kingdom. Do business. Be always ready to communicate. So let your conversation be without the love of money. Be content with such things as you have. Does not mean, it's not the same thing as remain with the things you have. Remain on the same level. Do you understand? Be content with such things as you have is not remain on the same level. It's just saying what God gives you legitimately, be glad with it. If you desire other things, say whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's very simple. Be contented means be satisfied. Don't become agitated because you don't have something. You become anxious. You become, you begin to, you know, uh, uh, look for it by all means. You look for things legitimately. It does not mean don't be ambitious. It doesn't even mean don't create more wealth. Bible tells us that thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So if he gives us power to get wealth, does getting wealth mean that we're not contented? No. The more you have, 
It depends on what you have it for. The Bible says to us, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. God told us to give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give into your bosom? The God who said it had increased his mind. He said, increase shall be upon increase. And he said concerning the kingdom of Jesus Christ, of his own kingdom, which is the kingdom of Jesus Christ, he said, and the increase of his kingdom and government, there shall be no end. Does that mean that God is covetous? No. So increase is not the absence of contentment in the language of the scriptures. What you don't want is the love of money, the greed for it, so much that you're willing to do anything. To get money. Be content with what you have to the degree that you don't do things that are contrary to God's will to acquire anything. Be ready to do and stay within God's will and acquire things legitimately. Praise God. And as God blesses you with those things, that is why he says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what any man will do to me. Praise God. We will boldly say that. God says something on the strength of what he has said, I will boldly make a confession. So hold on to your confession. The confession of righteousness. I am the righteousness of God. He says hold on to it. Because I'm walking, you see, the Bible says that grace might reign through righteousness Unto eternal life. It is by grace that it might be by faith. But that spirit of grace is at work in you because of the spirit, because of the free gift of righteousness. That's how grace is in somebody's life. You say, oh, I, I live by the grace of God. That word grace will not work in your life if there was not righteousness. That unmerited favor that you're talking about will not work without the free gift of righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. God had to give it to us because we couldn't merit it. So he gave us, he made us righteous from day one. We became righteous right off the bat. And when we became righteous, through that righteousness, grace, the spirit of God, now came in. Grace is the Holy Ghost. He came in. And the more you believe, the more God does. The more you believe, the more God, the more, the more, the more you believe, the more God does. Do you believe? He said, what can you believe for? All that I have done, Jesus said. All that is in the testament. All that I have left for you in my will belongs to you. How did we, who were once Gentiles, not knowing God, Come into this commonwealth through the grace of God, standing upon the finished works of Calvary that made us righteous. That is how come. He said, he who knew no sin, God made to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you don't have any right to say you're not righteous. It was given to you as a free gift. You didn't work for it. 
You're not righteous because of your deeds. You're righteous because God chose to give you righteousness as a free gift. Then he gives you grace to honor that righteousness by living in accordance with that which righteous people do. Righteous people don't steal. He says, I've taken away stealing from you. If you were stealing, if you were a homosexual, he's taking it away from you. If you were a liar, he's taking it away from you. If you were a fornicator, he's taking it away from you. If you were a drug addict, he's taking it away from you. How? By the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is reigning through the free gift of righteousness. But if you call yourself a sinner, after that you have been saved, you weaken the hand of God to help you. The, the, the high priest of our profession, of our confession says, don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. Because if you talk like that, you destroy the foundation of your faith. Because Bible says, by your words, you are justified. By your words also, you are condemned. It is by grace that it might be by faith. So it is by faith that we live this life. We are made righteous by faith. We're not made righteous by works. We didn't merit it. It's a free gift. That's the more reason why you should not say, when I see, it's like saying, when I see that I am healed, then I am healed. When I see that I'm saved, living in all the things that God said, then I know that I'm saved. That's not faith. That is your walking by sight, not by believing with your heart and speaking with your mouth and then producing a result. What things soever you desire, when you see it, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Is that what he says? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. At that point, you have not seen them. Then you will have them. He said, then, then and only then will you have them. Seeing is not believing in the kingdom of God, Jesus style. When God came in, the, in, the, in, in Genesis chapter 1 and the earth was void and without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep, God did not say, oh, how terrible the world is. No, he looked at it and the Bible said that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. You know what that was? God was dreaming a dream about what he wanted to say. How do I reconstruct this place? He said, okay, the first thing I got to do is that before I sweep this house clean, I got I to gotta let, it, let it be light. And there was light. Wow. And in verse 4 it says, and God saw the light. Did you see? God saw the light. Now, he saw it before he created it. Then he called it into being. Now he can, is physical now. At the time God said, let there be light. Was it physical? How could he see it? No, he spoke it into being. It was not before he said it. It only existed inside of him. And then he spoke it into being. Then it came into being. Then God saw the light and it was good. Who said it was good? God. We were, not, we were in God at this time. And God divided the light from the darkness. He started setting order. How was he doing it? 
How is he doing it? By the spoken word. By the spoken word. By this confession. By his declaration. He said, my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hallelujah. He said, for as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accompany, accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. It will not return unto me without accomplishing what I sent it to do. And the Bible says, we should be imitators of God as dear children. But remember the rules. That's what the Bible says. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we have desired of him. That's the only law we, we must stay within the covenant. It must stay within the testament. It must stay within that which has been provided for in the written will.